What's up, guys? Welcome back to the West Vi Podcast. One of the things that I know is the cause of growth is mistakes and, and actually going out and doing the thing. What gets anybody good at anything is going through failure and trying and doing it. So today we're talking CrossFit, and that might not seem that interesting to most of y'all. I get that. CrossFit has this reputation for being a bunch of cultic junkies that uh, follow blindly behind their leader, but there's actually some really interesting aspects of how an athlete develops in the CrossFit methodology, and that's what I'm interested in today. My guest is Braden Mowry. And he's the owner and head coach of Avid CrossFit. I've been working out there since November. And I'm no expert, but I like to study the different things that I'm interested in. And and so I've been interested in CrossFit for a number of years. And I've been a member of a number of different CrossFit communities. And Brayden does a really good job of programming his workouts. He he does it personally. He doesn't farm it out to some third-party uh workout planner. He doesn't just do it blindly. Like he puts a lot of intentionality into the programming and it shows. I've noticed it from the first time I walked into the gym. What I think is really useful when you think about the programming aspect is that CrossFit structured around a workout of the day. It's the same workout that every single person is going to do in that gym. The thing is, is that if you're like me, and you're fat and you can't do anything like a pull-up or a muscle-up or let's be honest a push-up there's only so much that you will be able to do and so you have to scale the workout there has to be intentionality behind that the goal is that one day you'll be able to do the workout as prescribed or rx as the terminology goes so Braden does some really interesting things with how he plans the workouts, programs the workout, and then scales them to help people achieve their goal. And that concept, this idea of of scaling and programming to achieve a bigger goal, that has some legs on it. And so that's what we're talking about today. I wanted to sit down with Brayden and And kind of pick his brain a little bit about this methodology, this mindset of how to look at a goal that you want to achieve, break it down into its pieces, and program and scale to achieve that goal. Now, I'll be honest with you, for about the first 20 minutes, we do kind of nerd out on CrossFit. So if you're not into CrossFit, maybe you want to skip ahead a little bit. But on the back end of the conversation, we are going to dig into how to apply these principles to your work, your life, some goal that you're trying to achieve. So have a listen. We'll see you on the other side. Hope you enjoy this conversation with Braden Mowry. You went to regionals in 2015? I went to regionals in 2015. Yep. Was that, uh, did you go individual or you go team? No, I went with the team. With the team? Yeah, I went with the CrossFit Coeur CrossFit Coeur Is that the only year you win or have you no, gone? No, I've been, times? I've been three years. Three years, all yeah. with the team? All with the team. Didn't they make it to the games one year? Were you on the team that year? No, we never made it to the games. Never made the it to cl- the games? The closest that we made it was my first year. We, we actually placed, we placed fourth and it was a, it was a run all the way up until the end. So it was an exciting time. We were really hoping to make it. And, um, we were even after we ended up making it only, we, we placed fourth, we didn't make it into the third place. 
um, we were hoping that maybe one of the, the teams above us would drop out and we would right. come back in. But it's pretty cool to make it to the games, as I'm, I'm hearing, is a, right. quite the experience, especially yeah. with all the – they give you, you come out with – a whole nother wardrobe of yeah, swag. Yeah. Swag, yes. <laughs> that's almost that's almost worth it just in that. You know? Like three pairs of <laughs> shoes, like and not just one type. They have, you know, it's I think one year they had like the Spartan shoes and they also had like two pairs of nanos of different colors and a whole bunch of shirts. And yeah, that's fun. And also the experience of seeing everybody that you watch perform throughout the year actually make it right and they prove themselves year by year after year so it's quite the it's interesting that it's completely switched now uh the open no longer leads it doesn't in, in a way but doesn't lead to the to the regionals anymore there's no middle um before the games now there's just all those sanctioned events and is is Coeur still go well I mean I guess they don't anymore but were they still going what was the last year you com- competed with their team and I think it was 2016 so I, I, if I remember correctly, I was 2014, 15, and 16 that I went. And they, they have been since, and they've done really well. They really have, even with a completely new team. So they're, they have, I think at 10 a.m. typically, they'll have, they follow a different program than what the, um, what the general uh, membership will follow. They will follow like Ben Bergeron's comp train or, um, Rich Froning has a new one out, just a programming okay. that they that they follow. Um, it beats you up. You have to be willing to train sometimes two, two and a half hours a day. And most of the time that's split between two different sessions, yeah. um, morning and evening. So you have to be quite dedicated and your body's going through a lot more than is if you were just working out for your health and wellness, right? It's a whole nother field. It's the sport of fitness. So you're a different, you're in a different world. If you're so CrossFit, the basis of CrossFit and the purpose of it is not competing necessarily. Um, it's for your health. It's to have longevity of life and to have general, um, preparedness for any, anything and, and, uh, increasing in your, uh, functionality, right? Um, but the sport of fitness goes in a whole nother direction to where um, you're taking the next step. It's it's the competition side to where there's a lot more risk and you're willing to take more risk. People are lifting a lot more weight regularly and putting your body in a, a vulnerable state. But that's what competition is, right? And you're willing to make those, um, I guess, sacrifices and, and risks to to have the reward of competition. That's fun. Yeah, I you know when I started CrossFit back in <clears throat> would have been 2013. Um, I was real into the big games fan, you know, and, and, uh, you know, real into the sport of it. And so I would always just go at it and get hurt because I couldn't draw that line between what is the sport of fitness and what is just, you know, the fitness aspect of fitness. And, and I'm obviously more on the need to get in shape aspect of fitness, not in the, I'm going to go compete. Right. But Mm -hmm. the, the whole mindset is it's, I think it's hard sometimes when <clears throat> I don't know why it's harder in, I don't know, maybe it's not, but for me, it seems like it's harder to draw that line with CrossFit because I can actually line up and do the same workout 
as those. So like last Friday, right? You and mm-hmm. Ellen, it was you, Ellen, and then me. And we go through that first round of the of this incredibly long workout. And I'm like one rep behind you and Ellen. And I got through that first shuttle run and I was like, wait a minute, this is wrong. I should not be pacing <laughs> with <it> them. <laughs> this is going to get really bad really fast. And so it's hard, at least for me, it's been hard to draw the line between that. And I'm doing better this time coming back after doing you know several years of Olympic weightlifting um, with a lot more control and, and scheduled progression to to look at it and go okay I don't need to go all out mm-hmm. um, <clears throat> and I can you know and and scale to what I can do and obviously there's certain limitations and there's times when I have to like think about it and like pull it back when you're training is there a difference I guess first of all so you said <clears throat> training as as a team when you were training as a team going so you're two and a half maybe three hours a day of training well two two and a half hours okay but, i don't think i've ever gone into the i mean some some days it'd be an hour and a half very rarely usually it'd go i mean probably on average about two hours a day so there'd be an hour in the morning and an hour in the evening and if you couldn't typically i mean it takes time to drive to the gym so sometimes i'll just i'll just get it all in now right <laughs> so you're there for two hours and that doesn't just get it, it wasn't actually the purpose of the programming was to split it up but typically you're getting it done like that yeah so when you listen to like Matt Fraser or Rich Froning talk, they're training like six, eight hours a day. Why do you think there's a, there's a, does, do all the individual athletes train that much harder than the teams? And why do you think that there, it takes that much more time training for an individual than team? So, well, I think we, you'd be surprised at like some of the top teams, <laughs> how much they train. Um, like Mayhem. Yeah, mayhem. I think they put a lot of time and they recruit. <laughs> they recruit from like yeah. well, because the last areas. couple of years they're like they're uh, most of their team is like previous individuals. Yes, that mm-hmm. are now just going team instead of individual. Oh, they've taken it very seriously. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. Rich is a competitor <laughs> for sure. It's yeah. fun to see uh, him step down. I mean, they adopted a couple a couple children, which is pretty cool. T- t- totally different change in his life. Obviously, it takes a lot of time. And there's there's the the stress of it also of competing, being at the top, having those expectations of you, um, dealing with defeat at times, um, soreness, and all that plays a role. But he stepped down. Still, it's fun to see him still stick to, um, or I guess the competition side of things and be involved in the teams and have tons of success. I mean, they've won it like three years. I think I haven't kept up with it yeah that, that well, well they got beat I think at this three. uh was it Wadapalooza that I came in that. second mm-hmm. yeah so <laughs> that's kind of shocking <laughs> i know i don't think i mean oh, i mean they've they've come in in events not first but i don't yeah. i've never seen them not come in first place since he since he went down yeah i know they have some new i when i saw i saw some some photos and i know they have some new faces on the team is it is it this is probably not interesting at all to anyone who's not into CrossFit, but is it is it four-person teams this year now instead of six? Or did it, it change last year, right, to four-person teams? Yeah, I think it's four-person now. I The, the rules keep changing. Uh, it's, cra- it's crazy. Um, but, I mean, not only the rules, but the structure and everything keeps changing. So it's hard to keep up with unless you're really into it. Um, I, I follow Morning Chalk Up, and that's a very informative site if if and that you can get on their email list and be updated with things but it definitely takes a keeping up with i i find myself with even with sports like basketball and football i i'm never i'm never i you have to put a lot of time into learning about the players and the teams and a and uh 
So I'm I I would say I'm up to date in some manner, but I'm compared to people that keep up with it, I'm definitely not in the know as much yeah. as I could be, I guess. <laughs> yeah, I've never been one that could do like fantasy sports. Mm-hmm. I've had friends that are just like all over it, fantasy football, baseball, fantasy baseball makes even less than some fantasy football. But they're just all about it. And I got a buddy yeah. that can tell you stats back to like, you know, <laughs> Emmett Smith's, you know, total rushing yards in 1984, and he can just tell you that. And it's mm-hmm. like, pff, who needs that information? It's a, but, it's a passion, right? It yeah. becomes something that's. I mean, it's entertaining. And it's also fun to talk to people about, especially if you if you have a community of friends that are really into it. I just haven't ever found like it's not definitely not my passion. So I fall out of that stuff sometimes, but I I keep up with CrossFit and probably UFC the most. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Those two things and wrestling sometimes. Do you, do you think you're ever going to compete again like at that level? Are you going to try to to make a run at some sanctionals events maybe sometime in the future? I think if we could put together a team. Now that it, that's another thing that's changed. So in the past it has been very I guess it's you're only able to take your team from your own gym. So it was community driven. You're you're very focused on um, building the community of your gym and building the athletes that are strong in the competitive side in your gym. And that was a, a camaraderie thing. And uh, I know that's changed a little bit this year. I'll, we'll see how that plays out. But right now, you can take and you can take t- um, I guess different members or athletes from other gyms and uh, compete as a team regardless of if you work out at the same gym or not. So I don't know how that's going to turn out. I don't know how, if they're, what the rules are in like, what is the, what is the distance that is, you can just can you pull them from another state and just meet up randomly? I know you want to probably train as a team. So I don't know how that's going to work, but I know it's no longer limited to only your own gym. You can pull from other gyms now. Yeah. That'll be big if, you know, especially as this this generation that's starting to kind of age out. I mean, there's already been a, a big generation of, of individuals, athletes that have kind of gone into masters. Now they've got the 35-year-old masters. But as you can just like, just grab like five or six, you know, like <laughs> just have a team that's like Annie Thor's daughter and uh, Sarah Sigmund's daughter and Matt Fraser and Rich Froning. Like, what are you going to do mm-hmm. against that team? <laughs> I know. <laughs> so we'll see how that plays out. It seems like you can easily put together a super team, but I mean, everyone's going to be trying to do it. We'll see if recruiters start to form. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like the, uh, what was it, the grid league? Does that even still exist? I don't even know. Yeah. I remember that happened yeah. for a little while. They yeah. thought it was going to be the new thing. Yeah. Somebody left from headquarters. and Yeah. Yeah. The, the original like games guy like mm-hmm. left and tried to create, but like, you know, they tried I, to do these big fizzled. things and there was like five people in the stands watching. Yeah. It seems like unless it has the back of they were taking it because they couldn't call it crossfit so they were they took the idea and then they were impl- implementing it somewhere else and they called it the grid but it was straight competition teams and stuff like that i think there might have been individuals also i don't know but there are some big names that yeah, were competing to go over but unless it has the back of glassman and cat like glassman's really the the bottom line but castro has been definitely the face of the games um, then it it'll probably fizzle. CrossFit has established itself very well, very well as a brand, also. Yeah, and the trust behind it has been um, solidified too. I think that has a lot to do with their standards of how they they run their level ones, and also they keep up with the the CrossFit Journal. Um, there's more been, specialized. Uh, like there's isn't there like level two and level three now? Like can't you get further training and kind of certification that goes beyond just kind of like now you can coach a class but gets a little deeper? Yes. Yep. There's level two, level three, and you can also be a flow 
master, but that's someone who teaches level ones. So how long have you coached? I've coached for, I think it's going on three years now. I coached two years at CrossFit Coeur d'Alene, and then I stopped for a year because I had a, I had a non-compete that I, I met with them ahead of time. It was really important to me that the split was not under any type of a, like I was, I was keeping it from them. It wasn't shady. I was upfront with, Hey, I, I want to start a gym and it's going to be towards the Hayden area, but I thought it was going to be in Coeur d'Alene. Um, so I told them that and I told them I needed it stop because of the non-compete. Um, and then also that I wanted to remain in relationship and, and all that too. Um, so after that, I have now been coaching for a year more classes than I could imagine. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, so everything's amicable for a la- the last year. Everything's amicable with. with oh yeah, yeah, it's great. It's um, you know, there's. I think there's a lot of that has to do with just being in good communication and knowing intentions. You know, I mean, to get in, just like people who live in Idaho, they're like, yeah, everybody else, stay out. And right. Like, you didn't. <laughs> you were not the first one here. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. so you really don't have that right. And yeah. same with same with CrossFit. Everybody who started started a, an affiliate has been uh, one who has um, taken that information from somebody else and seen the good in it and then tried to implement it in the best way um, with learning as much as they can through um, what has been designed and the methodology put forward by Glassman. And But there's, I, I say this all the time, CrossFit's not a, it's not a franchise. It's, it can be done wrong. And so coming out of, I, I took so many things from CrossFit Coeur d'Alene, but also um, things that I wanted to do differently. Obviously, I'm going to have my own, um, my own, I guess, views, but it's cool to look at it as, and that's one thing as somebody who going to a CrossFit gym, it's amazing how many CrossFit gyms are similar and have kept up quality. But because of that freedom, there's not a lot of uh, strict rules. It can be done wrong. It can be done really well also. Mm-hmm. And so trying to set those standards has been important. So as you were getting ready to open <clears throat> Avid, um, you said you went and did a seminar with Ben Bergeron? I did in Chicago. Yeah. Yeah. What What do you think is the difference? You've got these coaches like Ben Bergeron, you've got, you know, Rich who just, you know, he programmed for himself. Obviously now he's programming for other people. There's, there's certain coaches <clears throat> that seem to be able to program um, for, you know, competition at a completely different level than others. Like when you look at those top competitors, there's a, a lot of them have similar coaches. What do you think it is like from your time with, with Ben Bergeron, what did you see there that was unique about what he was doing? Like, was there anything that you just said, wow, this is what stands out or what do you think makes his methodology kind of be at the top of the, of the playing field? So I think first there's, there's definitely a line that's drawn between programming for a competitive athlete and then somebody, um, and then the general programming that goes along with CrossFit. And I think this is one thing that's happening throughout, I guess, the, the culture of CrossFit and what Glassman is trying to come in and squash a little bit is, um, what's happening as I see is many, and Ben Bergeron would agree with this. He actually talked, he talked about this at his seminar but the the basic crossfit programming has started to be phased out by a lot of gyms and 
either it's random, it's really hopper style. They take it from another gym and they don't really program themselves, which I can talk on this later, but I think that disconnects you from really knowing what's happening in your athletes' lives. Um, and, or when a set of coaches aren't even doing the programming themselves that they're writing. Um, but I think that the, the difference of those two is very important. And there is a programming for competitive athletes and there's a programming that's along the lines of very sp- uh, uh, a plant, it's organized, but it's very, it's varied. Yeah. It's extremely varied. Um, you have your Olympic lifting, your weightlifting, your metabolic conditioning and gymnastics, and you're doing the best that you can. And there's biases uh, that vary by cycle, uh, depending on how long your cycle is. I've seen them from six to seven, five to seven weeks, I guess, is the range that I've seen them. But um, there needs to be a a purposeful variation of what is being focused on and trying to have proportionality um, as much as you can while also having fun, right? But it's, it's, uh, it might sound really simple, but it's neglected. It's not like, okay, how, how can I, how can I have as much variance as possible and still keeping and I think a weighted, a weight, there should be a weight towards strength. Because I think I think you see a lot more people struggling with strength than coming into your gym struggling with conditioning. I think there are a lot more people who run marathons than are properly lifting weight. A lot of people go into the gym and they'll lift weight, um, but typically they're bench pressing and and squatting in not a proper way. <laughs> yeah. Well, mobility is a big part of that too. Exactly. I was listening to, I think it was Joe Rogan podcast, and he had David Goggins on, and David Goggins is this crazy ultra runner. He's been a Navy. He's been in like two two different special, he was a Air, Air Force, Special Forces, and a SEAL. And he was talking about when he started running, he's running these 100-mile races, 150-mile races, but he had to shim his shoes because his feet, um, I don't know if that's over-supernating or under-supernating, like his feet just dove in to the mm-hmm. inside, and he ended up getting hurt. And so he just started doing a bunch of yoga and mobility work, and now he's been able to take all the shims out of his feet because his it, all that was causing his feet to kind of bow in was that he wasn't he didn't have correct mobility he didn't mm-hmm. have enough flexibility and so now that he's was injured and couldn't run and started focusing on that now his feet have leveled out mm-hmm. and now he can wear normal shoes hmm. right and you know, I see that a lot with ankle mobility specifically yeah. yeah yeah so mobility is a big part of that too like just having stretching and you do a lot of that there's I I appreciate that that there's a good there's a good chunk of time set out in the programming every day for mobility mm-hmm um, you know, a lot of the other CrossFit gyms I've gone to, it's like, <clears throat> come in, do your own mobility, and then we're just jumping straight into the strength portion. Mm-hmm. And and so then, you know, very few people, like I was the oddball that would show up 15 minutes early so that I could stretch and stay 10 minutes after so I could cool down um, because I, I felt like that was important and I was still getting overuse injuries from mobility. So... <clears throat> You know, and I think too, something that I think is real important that, that I missed early on was that, especially when I was like looking at, okay, I want to, you know, like gauging myself off of games athletes is that they're programming, like they do us not like a 10 minute, like strength session. Like they're not working out for an hour and it's like in a CrossFit gym, right? They're doing a proper strength progression plan mm-hmm. and then they're doing a metabolic plan and you know, they're, they're, that's why they're working out four to eight hours a day Mm because they're doing all these individual pieces so when you're looking at programming for 
for the gym? Like, what are the things that you look at? And you program everything, right, in-house? I do. You don't don't take any of that out. So how does that, what does that look like for you when you're putting it together to set your base and then how you figure out how, which, which way you're going to scale? Yeah. Okay. So I think one of the, so I initially went into or started the gym with, uh, I think I've, I had about two years, maybe a little bit of less, um, or a little bit less, uh, worth of experience programming. And it was specifically for personal clients. So there's a lot of factors that go into programming that I knew that I was going to have to get used to. I knew they they were, they existed, but I, I hadn't, I guess, tried to, um, work within the bounds of them. And that is you're limited by your equipment. Um, class to class, there's going to be different size classes there. And there's also that you have to have everything work within a time frame, And so that is, that is a, a big thing to understand because, um, I think it's important to know how much work you can get done within an hour. Right. And so a lot of times there's, there's filler time and it's just randomly made up on the spot. Right. So, um, many gyms go into their warmups and we're talking, we're talking about mobility, um, without much of a plan. So it's really up to the coaches. There's maybe, maybe there's something written, um, like PVC pipe, but a lot of times there's not a structured warm up. So starting out, I, I wanted that to be a difference. I have the warm ups, and there's still freedom for the coaches to have their creativity in there. Right. I have line drills and I write out maybe the first uh, seven of them and then say, hey, if you want to throw in a couple ones that you want to do that, but everybody's doing the same thing. So we're specifically warming up for what's ahead right? But my initial programming plan was to just stick with the classic CrossFit method. And they have weightlifting, had a W, gymnastics had a G, and condition metabolic conditioning had an M. And you go through the week and Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Um, Saturday, we were doing team workouts, but Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, uh, Thursday and Friday, I would put, uh, on say Monday, I put an M there. So the main focus is metabolic conditioning. Uh, Tuesday, there's an M and a G there, metabolic conditioning and gymnastics. And there's a lot of freedom within that, right? But you're knowing that you you know that you have variants. The next week, right, it starts with a G instead of an M, right? So you have that. It's a very, it keeps you accountable. It's a very structured, all right, I'm having the variants that I need. And I stuck with that for a while. Um, But I found it that most members weren't really keeping up with like what what we were focusing on like if there was a a a strength program for that cycle I would have I'd kind of announce a general program and that's kind of how it was at every other gym I've been at as kind of a general idea we're working kind of more on gymnastics this cycle that was it that's all the as much variance as I knew so I I came up with the idea of and this might have been done elsewhere I don't know um but Mondays had a specific focus right and so I think one of the important things to do in your programming is have is in your in your program is having a bias or a target or something that you're focusing on more than other times, right? I think being very well rounded is important, but you have to put specific focus and time into the details of a movement. Say, if I we just focused on back squat for our strength, um, I think you should be back squatting a lot. But this cycle, we're going to be doing sets of five on Mondays, and then we're going to be even doing. Uh, on Fridays, we're going to be doing another set of back squats at, at tens, right? Um, sets of tens, but that way people come knowing that on Mondays, they're going to be focusing on 
their back squats on Mondays. And then on Fridays, they know they're going to be doing back squats on Fridays. Um, for Tuesdays, maybe I'd, I put it like this cycle. It's conditioning focus with, you know, that you're going to be rowing. And so even though we might be doing back squats that day also, or, or goblet squats or something else um, on Tuesdays, but you know that there's something that day that you will be doing. And I think that that covers a very important topic of being in the know. I think people should know what they're doing. And a lot of people just show up and work out. Some people love to keep track of what they're doing. And I, I encourage that. But most people don't do that. They just show up to the gym. And, and this is a culture that's outside of CrossFit too. And people don't have a plan. They go and they read the, the machine and they just, whatever muscle groups lit up, they're like, I feel like working on that today. It looks like looks like this works my back. So I'm going to do some of these um, instead of going with a, with a plan. And that takes time. And so um, I spend about, and I think I'm going to get better, but I spend about a half an hour or more on a workout um, just writing it out. Cause I want it to be, I find like, I'll go through it. I'll write it real quick. And then I feel like, all right, if I go through it again, I could probably make it more fun and more interesting and more interesting and throw in different things. Um, there's a lot of creativity that goes into that. Um, but like I said earlier, I think there's a big, there's an important difference to draw between competitive programming versus, versus programming for, for health and wellness. So I, I think it's important also to program, I program for the elite, like for myself, I'm not, I'm not a games athlete. I'm not, I, I don't even, I don't even think I can make it to regionals right now, but I, I program for being able, like mostly for 95, 30, 95 pounds for guys, 65 and 135 if I'm going heavy and 95 for girls. Um, I try not to go heavy, all, like maxing out very often, typically when we're testing, um, but what I like to do is I, I run through this cycle. We're going to have a focus every day, but I know that I'm doing, I'm having a weight towards strength, strength training. And so throughout my week, I start out with a warm up. I write a warm up. I write a skiller strength. And so there's, I call these sections every day. There's going to be a focus, a general focus for the day. But then within that focus, there's going to be a warm up, a skiller, a strength, and then a workout right? The purpose of the workout is to have that intensity up and to be working on um, your engine to be really outputting a lot of power because you're turning up the heat. Um, you're going to be timing your workouts. You're measuring them. I mean, that's the classic CrossFit. Uh, it's measurable, quantifiable data. But there, there should be an understanding, I think, from the members of what's going on. And so with that being said, I try to balance everything as much as I can week to week. And then creativity. There, every, every, I think there's, there's no, never a magic bullet for programming. Programming has a lot to do with creativity, I think, while being very true to variance. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. I, you know, <clears throat> something that, that, you know, I really like what you're saying about having the strength components, like, <clears throat> and it works out well for me because I'm Monday, Wednesday, Friday is when I've got my schedule arranged so that I can come. Um, <clears throat> but like, so Friday when I woke up and I <clears throat> looked at the workout of the day and the, you know, the Metcon part of it. And I looked at that and go, there's no way <laughs> I'm going to this 16 minute grind of a workout, <laughs> the d- the d- um, workout. but, but it was back squat day. It was, it was volume, you know, back squats and, and, you know, I, 
I'm wanting to to squat, you know, that, that's a good basis for me when I'm squatting heavy, I feel good. Mm-hmm. And so <clears throat> it made me come. And then I had to do that grind. And I, you know, I don't, I tried not to moan about it too much like there, but you know, like I was just like, ah, oh, I hating it, but I got done. I was like really happy I did it. But then today, um, you know, went in and it was a shorter workout. And after that grind, like I was like, okay, I grinded that out for 16 minutes on Friday. Like this little, like, you know, two, two, five minute AMRAPs, I can just burn these mm-hmm. out, you know, and just did that, you know? <clears throat> and so it, it, having, having those pieces, at least for me, because I do like to know what's going on. And when I'm, when I've gone to gyms in the past where I didn't know what was going on and it was kind of like, you know, you never know the first, uh, First CrossFit gym I went to, they tried to follow the Windler strength programming, but it didn't work so that, you know, like deadlifts were always on Wednesdays or whatever. Like it would, they would just kind of go through it. And so the days were always changing. It's random. Yeah. But then, but then they're putting specific percentages on, like you need to be at this percentage mm-hmm. and this percentage, but you may not have, you may not have deadlifted for two weeks. But, yeah. you know, last time you did lift, you were at 50%. Now they're wanting you to be at 80% because the programming has gone there. You haven't progressed there. So then you're overworking if you're trying to stay strict to the, you know, this was early on. So I had no concept of how to gauge myself either, you know. And so <clears throat> that's what I like about how you've done it is put it, you know, you know what's going to be that component for those days. So even even if you change the cycle, <clears throat> which you do a little bit, but... For that seven weeks, I know that I'm going to be able to work on, you know, back squats, you know, Mondays and Fridays. And, you know, I know what pieces are going to be there Mm -hmm. so that I can see progress in that. And that, for me anyway, that's really great. Yeah. And then that anchors me to to show up even when I don't like the the Metcon piece for the day. Yep. And you'll see, like, a lot of people will complain, at least I hear complaints of they they were at a gym that they haven't say four weeks before they'd done overhead squats and then four or five weeks had gone by and they haven't seen overhead squats again or back squats came by and they haven't done any or or olympic lifting came by and five weeks go by and they haven't done it again um i think i think that happens more often when you don't have a plan so i think programming does take a lot of time right it takes a lot of time unless you're taking it from another place Um, a lot of gyms will program themselves because it's fun. Um, but there, there's less of a plan than there should be. Yeah. Yeah. So the last place, uh, that I did CrossFit at, they, uh, they got really heavy into competition. So because they had all these people, not all of them were some of them, not everyone was actually going to regionals. I mean, and some of, some of the people that were there went on to other teams and ended up going to the games and whatever. But, the, there were a lot of like really, really fit people. And so mm-hmm. they started programming the whole, like they just bought a, a competitive programming. Mm-hmm. So then I walk in and uh, coming off of Olympic weightlifting and then, you know, every workout's got muscle ups and ring muscle ups. And it's like, okay, you know, <laughs> what do I do with that? You know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so then by the time I scaled the workout down from a competitive level, for for these competitors that were were in the gym by the time I scaled it down to something I could do it's not even the same workout mm-hmm. like, I mean the, the components are not the same I'm not able to to get the same you know it's just not even the same workout that made me feel like an idiot because mm-hmm. then I'm in here doing this completely different thing it's not different because it's harder <laughs> it's different you know it high to me it highlighted that I'm a wimp you know that I don't that I'm weak and 
And so it made it really uncomfortable for me to go. Um, gotcha. When you when you're programming and you're thinking about scaling, what are you looking at to that? Because I know you know you program to a to to what I would say is kind of an average level for the gym, mm -hmm. and rather and you do have scale downs because obviously I still can't do a muscle up. Um, you know, there's things that I can't do, there's things other people can't do. Um, but you scale both ways from a midpoint. How do you set that midpoint and kind of what you're thinking and how you're looking at scaling up or down? So my goal, I guess, is to find the average CrossFitter and go a little bit more difficult than that. <laughs> Just a little bit, right? That would be, I guess, my, my clear as mud line, right? Yeah, and, that's, and, and you gauge that specifically out of the, the avid CrossFit community? Um, yeah. And my experience with, no, I guess not from the avid CrossFit community. We're a there's a lot of brand new CrossFitters at avid CrossFit. Um, there are some very experienced CrossFitters there, but I think that's, they're a lot more scarce. I guess from my general understanding of an avid, av average CrossFitter in the United States and what they can handle. And then I also give, I try to, and I have variants in this too, I give scaling up options, so RX plus options, because I want RX prescribed weight to be earned. I want it to be something that like, if you don't have a, a great uh, snatch and you can't, you can't get that weight overhead and catch it in the, in the squat snatch, um, that you probably won't be able to do the prescribed weight, right? You're going to have to scale. If they're the volume that we do with, with wall balls, if you're not, if you don't have a good engine, you're going to be way, way behind and completely miss the modality if you try to RX most people, right? So it's fine. It's a balance. And again, there's no direct definition of how exactly that's done. I try to make it so that, I mean, most of the time people are scaling at the gym, um, which I think is important. I think it is, you can make things so easy that it's not really challenging. It, there should be a, a carrot to, to work for. And then I have earned my RX. And then when you're able to go RX plus sometimes, um, it's, it's even more so uh, of a reward. I want to make the, the programming difficult enough to where you look, you look at it as something you want to achieve, I guess is what I'm saying. And you, somebody who is competing can still fit inside of that, right? Uh, that's how most of the open workouts are and regional workouts are, is the weights that I'm, I'm using. If you do competitive work, there's a lot more percentages and heavier weights. And so you can also, and I think there's a balance between fun, right? Having fun and that competitive side, I think, and pushing people because, some people are very uncomfortable being pushed out of their comfort zone, right? Where they, where they feel themselves as safe. A lot of times throwing a barbell overhead or anything with a barbell with weight um, tends to be intimidating. And so I think uh, one of, the, one of a, a coach's role is to encourage into, into moving forward and growing, right? And, and doing that in a way that there's as much comfortability as possible. It's a vulnerable place. It's a vulnerable place. Your, your weaknesses are out on display for a bunch of people to see. So I recognize that, but there should be growth and in a safe manner, but a, press, a pressing encouragement towards growth. Um, at the same time, it should be fun. This shouldn't become a military-esque um, culture because 
this is for longevity of life. I want to do this till I'm 90, 90 years old. I want to do this till I die, till my deathbed. There's no reason why I shouldn't be able to. Um, I just scale the movement. So the, it, it allows really an opportunity for both sides to be in there because you're, you have a programming that you can go up at times, but I'm also encouraging people to take things slowly and build a foundation um, before. So that, that also takes thinking on your feet as a coach. Hey, uh, let me check out how your, how your front squat is before you decide to do that, that clean weight. So a big part of why I wanted to have this conversation with you is one, I'm just real impressed with, with your program. Not that I'm an expert, right? But I do, I do study. I've been to a lot of gyms across the, the country and your approach to scaling is, is really what I've been looking for the whole time, right? It's like not where I don't have to feel out of place because I'm having to scale. And, you know, it's nice because typically in every workout, there's some component that I have to scale, mm -hmm. but I don't have to scale the entire thing. Yeah. You know, um, sometimes I got to drop, drop the weight. Sometimes, you know, I can't, you know, anything on the rig, if it involves, you know, I have a lot of body weight to move. So, you know, all that's got to be scaled. Um, but you know, it's comfortable to do that. So, so, you know, and I think that's important for progress, right? Like I've seen, and another thing that I really like about what you do is <clears throat> the seven week cycles um, in your programming, because right when I started in November, it was, it just so happened that the, the repeat week, like I came in in the middle of a cycle, but there were workouts three weeks later that repeated. Mm -hmm. And I got to see like <clears throat> immediately like a five rep improvement over what I did. I still felt like I was dying both times. Mm -hmm. Right. But I could see that progress. And that's something that that I've never seen before. There's all this talk about repeating workouts. This is a benchmark workout. You want to write this down because you want to see if you repeat it. I remember when I first started, I had a journal, right? And I wrote down every single workout and I never repeated a <laughs> single workout in a year. Yeah, yeah. You know? So there were like a couple of name workouts that I had done, not at that gym, at other gyms. And so I'd go in on open gym if I wanted to see if I had improved to do, you know, redo a workout, but it wasn't built in, right? So I love the fact that it comes around okay, I have made improvement in this, rel you know, seven weeks just mm -hmm. flies by and you get to see, okay, man, I, you know, I did that a little bit faster. Or I mm -hmm. did a few more reps and it's not like I'm breaking records, but it allows me to see that I'm progressing rather yep. than feeling like, like I'm just, it just sucks. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, it sucked last time I did it. It sucks this time I did it. It's all, you know, you get to see that, okay, it, it's, it's, it's hurting, but you're moving forward. Yeah. And, I noticed that same thing. <laughs> yeah. So <clears throat> there's this idea of, of programming, being mindful of how you're programming, to kind of tie this maybe into a different aspect of, of life. How did you apply these principles? Like as you were setting out to open Avid CrossFit, like, you know, how did you maybe take some of these same principles to kind of set your goals, um, you know, and kind of what were your objectives and how have you measured those objectives as you've been building your, your business for the last year? Yeah. So, well, one of the things that you mentioned is, is having, well, one, one thing in CrossFit is having measurable quantifiable data so you can see your improvement. A lot of times before and after pictures are very important because it's, it's hard to see the gradual progression, right? In anything in growth in your life, it's hard to, oftentimes see like if you watch look at yourself in the mirror every day you don't realize your hair growing and then two months later and you're like man I need a haircut <laughs> so it's important to, to see that uh, the snapshot of the before and then where it's going and so th and that is 
that is one of the key components to CrossFit is there's measurable data. I can see what I'm doing. I can, I can see the work that I'm getting done and how that's improving. And I'm also, it adds in that competitive side, right? That whether you're competing yourself with yourself and probably the 70 year old, the gal next to you, right? Because she's scaled and working hard also. Um, but to, to have a, a numeric measurable uh, number in your head, like this is what I'm going for and then trying to beat it is a big part of CrossFit. I was seeing the same thing as there wasn't as much um, repeat unless it's Fran. <laughs> You'll see Fran a lot or Murph once a year. Um, I wasn't see a lot. I, I, there were a few workouts that I would I would redo, but most of the time, I mean, pro- programming is set and then not everybody shows up every day either. And so having within a short period of time, I just decided to stick on another week and having that repeat week. What I've seen is the benefit of that is um, it also helps me to keep track of, I can go back to those repeat weeks and those are typically the favorite workouts of people. And we'll do, we can do some of those again, but it gives you an opportunity to retry the workouts and do some of the, the favorites and give people a little bit of input into what, so typically I'll post on our page, um, these are these are a few options. These are what I thought were the the favorites, but let me know what you want to see repeated, and I'll try to make it happen. But having that is um, is a big, I think, a big thing because people can see how they're improving, just like you were saying, and it's implemented in a very structural way to make sure that happens every cycle, and and extending the cycle to the seventh week. So I think that's been positive for. Um, I guess to answer your question, I've, I have, I've had lessons that I've learned from my experience in seeing things done and a lot of really good, um, examples, right. Of how, um, the specifically CrossFit Coeur d'Alene, and I've also traveled, traveled to different gyms, but to see how they run their gym and how the programming is done. But again, I wanted to do things, certain things differently and certain things that I saw that I wanted to do differently. Um, I've just implemented in, into my programming. Uh, one of the things that I know is the cause of growth is mistakes and, and actually going out and doing the thing. You'll hear most people who are public speakers started out with very, um, just a, a lack of confidence. They were, they were very scared <laughs> to get in front and talk to people. And I was the same way. I look back at, um, my back when I was a kid, I was so nervous to get in front of groups. I would just, I mean, I, it felt like a panic attack. Like my face would flush. I'd start sweating. I could feel the sweat and it was like the worst thing ever. But what gets anybody good at anything is going through failure and trying and doing it. So from the beginning, I set out to program every workout myself, unless we're doing so one cycle, we did girl workouts. Uh, one cycle, we did memorial wads or benchmark wads. Sometimes we did uh, hero workouts, but I obviously didn't write those ones. But I, I wanted to program everything myself to learn and so that's what I've tried to do. And I feel like even looking back at some of my first months of programming, and it's only been a year, so I expect continued growth for, uh, and I do not know um, everything for sure and don't consider myself um, like the best programmer or anything like that. But I know that I'm growing and I feel like um, 
I feel like I have creativity that makes the workouts fun. So I I feel like the only way that I can get better is continuing to to do it, to do the thing, right? To write the workouts and get feedback. I try to ask people questions of how they how they feel about the work and or the the work that they're doing, the, the programming itself and I typically get good feedback. Um but some people dislike things and I've noticed, like, especially starting the business, I was very, very, and it's important to be concerned about how just getting input from customers and um, the athletes in the gym. But at the same time, it's impossible to please everybody, right? Some people are going to want way more conditioning. Some people are going to want way more weightlifting. Some people hate Olympic lifting altogether and they want it to be thrown out completely. I've gotten all that. And so um, sticking to sticking to a plan of knowing how I'm going to have variance, but also cycle by cycle, putting in the time to say, this is what we're going to focus on. And it's amazing to me how radically it changes my cycles. Just having a different focus for the day, it puts me inside of some type of a box. Like I'm, I'm structured. I can't go outside of that specific focus for those, for those days. But I do have the creative or the ability to be creative and um, put in other things within that, within that day. Um, but, but it, it puts me within a very, uh, a structured and, and a planned seven weeks. And so I know what's going on. I know what we're focusing on. I know what's going to be, um, the technique of a specific movement. We're doing a lot of overhead squats this, this, uh, cycle. We're going to be on our hands a lot. We're a lot of overhead movement. And so there's going to be mobility related to that. I have the ability to explain that to somebody because I planned it. And that's, I think, important. And then to know, to know what's going on during that time Mm -hmm. too. Yeah. So outside of, outside of the programming and just talking about just building the business. Yeah. Um, and really what we're talking about is, is goal setting really. I mean, what programming is, is, is kind of working a plan towards a goal. What kind of, how have you kind of like brought that into like when you're working on your on your business plan, how you're going to grow your gym, where you want to see your gym? You know, how do you take any of this kind of like same mentality and like scale your expectations of what you're trying to achieve or move them forward and kind of gauge wh- how it's going with your with the business side of your gym? Yeah, I think that I think that one well, I guess one of the one thing that I guess could be paralleled is continuing to set high expectations. It's like a it's like a a mentality of growth, right? Setting high expectations for what I I have planned, like what the future is going to hold, but hold it with an open hand because I don't know exactly where everything is going. There's only so many things I have control over in my life. And ultimately, I believe that God controls and directs the purposes where life is. So I need to be open to, to for things to t- turn in a completely different direction. But at the same time, I need to set high standards for what I'm doing and plan out set, uh, setting standards of excellence for everything, right? That means the cleanliness of the gym. That means putting in time into the programming. That means saying the things that are that are difficult, that I'm going to do them. Um, starting out the gym, one of the hardest things was the how many classes I had to teach in the beginning. But owning a business is a very, it's very much a learning experience. It's, it's, a, it's not something I don't think anybody, or at least rarely, maybe some people do, come in completely prepared. I didn't go into my business or starting the gym with feeling like I was totally 100% prepared. But I did know that I um, I loved what I was doing. I, I was good at what I was doing. 
and I was passionate about what I was doing. And I think that's important because when somebody's passionate about the, what they're doing, oftentimes will other people will go along and join into your passion and they feed into that passion, especially when it's something like fitness that everyone needs. My business plan had to do with setting expectations for what what my what what the things were I needed to get done, and that's even more from the beginning. Like initially, there were I had different things that I was doing. I was spending so much time doing my books, and then I eventually I just threw that out completely and got a bookkeeper, right? And so it's it's trying to find where is my time best spent, and and this is me like explaining my business plan because my business plan was very there was a lot of evolution to my business plan. Right. It started out one way. I spent so much time on my business plan and I went and looked over it the other day. I haven't really gone by my business plan <laughs> <laughs> at all. Well, but, but you had that direction, then you had to scale it, right? Yeah, you had, to, for you had sure. to look at it and go, okay, I really can't do that the way I thought I could do that. So I need to do it this way. Mm-hmm. And then this, I thought I could only do it this way, but I could, I need to put more effort into that. And yeah. so it just kind of levels that out, right? You have mm-hmm. that big picture and then you got to kind of adjust your expectations and, and have that self-reflection to go, okay, maybe I can't handle that piece the way mm-hmm. I thought I could handle that piece. I need to, to bring that down. I need to get some help. I need to get somebody else involved with that. And how can you I know? continue continue with the standards that I've originally set? Because I want to perform the movement or I want to perform... Um, and, and bring forth like how the business is uh, is developing in an excellent way. I want to continue to put forth like specific ways that things are going to be done, and then and then as things, I have to roll with the punches. <laughs> Sometimes it's not always going to work out the, out that way, but I'm still I'm still not deciding to take down where where I'm what I'm shooting for. And so I think even relate relating that back like there has to be a foundation built before you start to throw on a lot of bit, a lot of weight there ha- you have to be able to go back to the basics of how am i moving and i think that's one thing that you especially going to a level 1 if uh, going to like the the basic crossfit courses that put you into being a coach there's so the the standards for for movement are high and i think that's that's important and that's important also with business is continuing to set your your expectations high for what you're going to be doing, but knowing that you're going to have to change things along the way, and and learn and good deal with failure, but not ever lower those standards. Yeah, yeah, good. I think that's a good place to wrap it up. Cool. All right, man, that was awesome. Thank you so much for for coming and sitting and sharing with me, and uh, telling me about just kind of like your thinking behind it. It's really interesting to me of how to program. It's not something that I have ever tried to do for myself but um it's nice to get a kind of an inside look at how you approach that and uh, like i said i I think your program is great i love being part of this gym a big part i mean the people are amazing great community but the programming is is really spectacular so i appreciate that man all right man Braden, thank you so much appreciate you being here thanks wes
All right. Well, there it is. I hope that you were able to get some insight into maybe some ways that you can tackle some objective, some goal that you have out in front of you that you're wanting to achieve. Thank you so much, Braden, for taking the time to sit down with me and for being so open and, and sharing your process and how you program and plan and run your gym. My guest next week is going to be Tim Baumgartner, and we're going to be talking about how to foster greater communication and understanding between generations. Now, I first encountered Tim when listening to the Oz Table Talk podcast. And so if you want to be fully prepared for the conversation that we're going to have, you want to go uh, on iTunes or wherever you get your podcast and look for the Oz Table Talk. That's A-U-S because they're Aussies. They're from down under. Oz Table Talk. And uh, look back in January, there was an episode with Tim. And I'm just picking out a section of that conversation. They covered a lot more ground with him. And if you want to get a feeling for who he is and, and know a little bit more about him, that's where you want to start. So this week uh, coming up, take a listen to that. And then next week we're going to jump in and we're going to unpack more fully uh, one section of their conversation, which is this idea of how we can better understand each other across generations. As always, if you're in need of any graphic design work for print or web, you can reach out to Andrew at 42design.co. With that, we're going to wrap it up. Thank you so much for tuning in again to the West 5 podcast. Don't forget to go to iTunes and leave a review and a rating or Facebook leave a rating. I'd love to hear your feedback on social media. We'll see you next week. Thanks so much for listening to the West 5 podcast.